0: Hello, listeners. This is Eric from Ranger Command with a little bit of a pre-show uh, heads up of what to expect in this episode. So this episode is not going to be edited uh, or very light editing. So there may be some swears that are unbleeped, especially during the last half of this podcast, which is interview that Joshua Aaron Moore did uh, with Jason David Frank who passed away over the past week this episode is a tribute to Jason David Frank and we are honoring him by not having our typical uh, you won't find an ad read you're not going to find an intro or an advertisement or anything like that so just a heads up that if you don't feel comfortable listening to this episode uh because we do t- talk about suicide then please skip this episode until you're ready to listen to it until you want to pay your respects uh to Jason David Frank there are many listener stories as well many listeners have shared their thoughts on JDF and i know that can open up a lot of emotions for people so this serves as a trigger warning not only for suicide, but also for the, the deep emotions that losing someone like Jason David Frank will cause. AP Zach and I also discuss our feelings and like I said, this will barely be edited. Uh this is our raw emotions, uh recorded only a couple days after he passed. If you or someone you love needs help, uh, please reach out to someone. If you're in the United States, uh, the suicide hotline is 988. If you're in the UK, the suicide hotline is 0800-689-5652. If it's an emergency, that's 112. And then if you are in New Zealand, uh, emergency is 111 and the suicide hotline is 1737. You can find more suicide uh, hotlines or more resources internationally at uh, blog.opencounseling.com suicide-hotlines. That's where we got this information. Thank you for listening and rest in peace, JDF.
1: It's cosmic power that gives me strength, but it's who and what I am inside that really empowers me. I'm a power ranger to the end. It was great being a ranger, Zordon. It will always be with me. See each other again soon. Your friend, Tommy.
0: So, context for this first part before the actual intro. We were talking for 15 minutes before we realized that I had not hit record on Zoom. So, this is after hitting record on Zoom, and these are our reactions. So little bit of levity before a very serious discussion. Thank you. So, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> One of these days you think I'll get this right. <laughs> Fuck. Wouldn't be Ranger Command.
2: It's not a Ranger Command without a technical <laughs> issue.
0: Uh, was some peace, JDF. Uh, Alright, here we go again. Oh <laughs> From the top. Mother of God. I am kicking myself. I
2: need. I needed that, though. I think we needed that. I mean, sadly, I think <laughs> I, we needed that. I didn't
0: need that. I didn't need that right now. I didn't need well, that right
2: you, now. You don't need it, but you, yeah. you need it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, my oh God. God. Oh, my God. This is oh one my of those. God. Oh, my gods. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: All right. Today on the Power Hour, episode 207, Rangers reflect on Jason David Frank and Joshua Moore's interview with JDF, recorded on November 22nd, 2022. Welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. I'm
2: AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan.
3: And I'm Zach, also known as Hollywood.
0: So to our listeners, uh, we're doing this special episode of Ranger command, uh, to reflect on, um, our personal memories of Jason, David Frank, who, um, this past weekend at the time of recording, uh, passed away. Um, we just want to give a trigger warning about suicide, um, because, um, We might talk a little bit about that uh, because of his passing. But if you or or someone you love needs help, uh, please call and and reach out to the suicide support uh, hotline at 988. Please reach out to someone, even if you don't call that number, um, if you're going through something, because uh, there's always someone who wants you around and you're special and important. So over this past weekend it w- came to light that uh Jason David Frank passed away due to suicide. He was 49 years old. Uh TMZ reported it and then a, a few other uh news agencies also uh, reported it. And and it's out there if you want to read the details. We're not going to go into the details. Um but But Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver in Power Rangers, the Green Mighty Morphin, White Mighty Morphin, uh, Red Zeo Ranger, Red Turbo Ranger, uh, Black Dino Thunder Ranger, and he even portrayed uh, Lord Draken in in Hyperforce, as, as well as through the Shattered Grid short. He was an instrumental part of this franchise. He, without... Tommy Oliver, I don't think Power Rangers even gets 30 years of a franchise. And later on in this episode, uh, we asked permission from Josh Moore, who did an interview with uh, Jason David Frank earlier this year in March. And it's an interview that I think a lot of people should hear. So I asked Josh for permission to use that audio and to put that interview and in, incorporate it into this episode. Um, so after we talk about our memories and we, we also reached out to our listeners who shared a lot of great stories, which we'll also read. And we just want to celebrate uh, Jason David Frank as, as a person, as an actor and as someone who's been instrumental to uh, the Power Rangers brand and we really give all of our condolences to to his family to uh, Tammy and uh, and and Jenna and his his other uh, sons and, and daughter um, we we really just give them you know all the condolences and uh, support and and all the love because they deserve it they they lost a father uh, Tammy lost a husband and 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 the fandom has lost, um, you know, truly a, a a legendary ranger actor. Yeah. So, I, I think we're going to tell some uh, a couple of personal stories and 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 some thoughts uh, about why JDF uh, mattered to us. And I, I just want to put it out there that yes, in the past we we did have a segment called JDF Watch that was early on in, in our podcasting years. And um, we highlighted some of the, just, you know, some of the dumb social media stuff that, that he would pull. Um, but I hope everyone knows that was in good humor and, you know, because of the podcast and I, I did get interact with, with JDF a few times. He knew who we were. He knew who I was. Um, even on the red carpet, he knew who I was. So, um, we did it in, in good humor and that's only because JDF had, you know, he had his own humor and, you know, he was an entertainer at heart. And I think that's why on his social media, he did some crazy things. Um, but it was all to entertain his fans and, um,
2: it was all out of enthusiasm and like yeah.
0: genuine yeah. support
2: for his character and the brand. Mm-hmm. It was never never malicious or self serving. It was just right genuine enthusiasm and passion for everything.
0: And I I will say you know unlike un, unlike other people <laughs> either in the fandom or or even actors. um, I, I never saw JDF make a disparaging comment about someone's sexuality or orientation or gender or anything like that. Um, I, I've never seen any comments that that he made that were sexist or racist or, or anything like that. So, you, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think he was genuinely, you know, a, a good person and um And it's just unfortunate that, um, that he's gone now.
4: Yeah.
0: So I, I don't know who wants to, who wants to go first, but, um, well, I, you know, I, I, I'll go first. Um, everyone's heard me talk about why I got into power Rangers. It's it's I I've told that story a bunch of times and um. but basically, you know, I was a new kid in a new school in a new state and this was 1993 power Rangers came on. I think those first few episodes, no one in school was really talking about it, but they all talked about it when green with evil hit that entire week that green with evil premiered, all the kids in my class were talking and I finally had something to talk about all the other kids with, and you know, I'll forever contribute power Rangers to giving me that positive outlook and that positive experience. That's because JDF many years go by, I fall out of the fandom. It's a typical story. Um, but in, in 2004, uh my my ex at the time we were chatting on on aol one saturday morning because that's what she did it was 2004 we all had aol messenger or whatever (laughs) and uh uh and she said hey um power rangers is is on right now and 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 did you know that jason david frank's back and i'm like what tommy oliver's back and It was just a downhill from there. I, I joined ranger board. I, you know, started my YouTube channel to review power ranger stuff eventually led to this podcast and power force and movie premiere and this and that. And, and I attribute that all to JDF. I really do. And have I been, have I been mad at him and his street team in the past? Sure. Cause sometimes it was annoying. Sometimes the street team members were annoying. Sometimes we clashed on social media, but at the end of the day, I think all of that is forgiven because that all the times I interacted with him, he was genuine. He was nice. He, every convention I went to, but I didn't meet him, but I saw him at a convention he was past closing of every single convention. If there was someone still in line, he waited until the end of every convention to make sure everyone left happy. And he did that for his fans. And it, it wasn't just about money for him. And you can hear that in, in the interview that we'll post. Because he talks about that kind of stuff. And, you know, for some actors, that's not the case. The The fact is, is that, you know, I, I do have my own stories. I, I met him for the first time in 2008, Anime Central, with Karen Ashley and Steve Cardenas and Robert Axelrod. They weren't the first Rangers I met, but that was the first time I met, like, the original cast or some of the original cast. And... And I'll never forget it. He, I have a picture with him. That was when pictures were free, Went with an autograph. Like you didn't need to pay forty, fifty bucks for your your own picture. So yeah, I, I got my picture with JDF shaking his hand, and and I always remember that. And I helped film an interview with him back in two thousand thirteen for for a friend. I've you know seen him over the years. Like I said, I. He signed my tie at the uh, at the Power Rangers uh, movie premiere, which he's just sequentially got kicked out of for <laughs> for filming part of it. But but that but that was who he was. He was just a fun loving spirit. He amped up all the crowds. He was an entertainer first and foremost. And um, and that's what he did. He entertained. He is the reason that I'm a Power Rangers fan. And really that's all I'll say on that, uh, before I start, uh, before I start crying again. So,
2: yeah, I mean, for me, I never, I never had the opportunity to meet him and that that's, that kind of hit me too. Cause it, he was always there and i always thought i would have that opportunity because he was always at one convention or another he was he was always around and it i don't i'm not saying that in like a selfish way like, like i didn't get to meet him but it's just right. like he was such a larger than life personality and when people like that are no longer with you it's just
0: You're in disbelief. That's what it is. Yeah,
2: it's like it's like a part of a part of you's like or a part of like
0: a part of your reality is. Yeah, a part of your reality
2: is just gone. Like a part of everything you thought it would always be there. But I don't know. I mean, JDF's the reason again. Like like what you said, he's the reason I'm even a Power Rangers fan. Mm -hmm. And. I mean, I've I've told the story too a couple of times on the podcast, but my first experience to Power Rangers was just a couple of hand-me-down VHS tapes that I got. And it was uh Happy Birthday, Zach, which I enjoyed, but like there was nothing special about it really. And then Green with Evil was the other one. And after I watched that, I was I was hooked like mm-hmm. little little 6-year-old me was hooked i i saw him he was so like charismatic and just interesting that character i i knew i needed more after that and i i, I was just sold and i mean later on down the line like yeah i dropped off the fandom like like most people yeah. like most people's stories i picked it back up like fully with dino thunder because i heard he was back and he was that he was that guy for me like and just knowing he was back that tommy was back i was like i I need to go all in on this like Mm -hmm. he meant so much to me in my childhood and i mean i I wasn't that much older when dino (laughs) thunder came out but uh but still he meant so much to me when i was little and he was back and he was older and like, I was older and he was going off on new adventures. And I'm like, I, I, I need to go all in on this. And I found JDF's like Facebook page, his website. I bought um, like those walkout shirts he was selling with like his face on it. Yeah. And the cheese didn't tap and like all that. I bought a couple of those. I bought like, I think it came with an autographed picture actually. So I don't <laughs> even think I bought that. But I bought so much Tommy stuff, and like I joined Rangerboard. My Rangerboard username was Tommy themed, and I think it's still on there if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so some people could probably find me. Maybe who knows? <laughs> but, you know, I was such a big Tommy fan. Mm-hmm. Like that is it. That's the reason I like I wouldn't be a Power Rangers fan without him. And
0: and you wouldn't be on this podcast. We no, we I wouldn't be doing. No, none of us would be here without. No, Jason I wouldn't. Affleck.
2: I would not be here. I would not be a fan. I wouldn't be doing this. Like that's. It's become a part of me, mm-hmm. and by virtue of that, he became like a part of me. Mm-hmm. Because him and his character influenced. Like such a big part of my life, like influenced one of my passions, and it it I I must have cried at least like five or six times that day after I found out, yeah. and I'm still I still cry when I was watching the like official Power Rangers tribute.
0: Oh my god! I started
2: yeah. bawling, and it it just feels weird because he was one of those people that you thought would like just always be there. Cause he had so much genuine enthusiasm for his character and the brand and his fans. And it, it feels surreal that it's that that's, he's not, he's not going to be at that con table next time, or mm-hmm. he's not going to be making a video or posting stuff on Instagram and i mean that merch that i bought i no longer have any of it i unfortunately had to sell it cuz i needed some money it was the one of the only things at the time i had that was worth an, anything really yeah but i didn't feel it's it felt bad to part with it because it meant so much to me but i thought oh hey he's so big he's always here i'll be able to get something else eventually and i never I I never had that opportunity. And I'm not saying that in like a selfish way or anything. It's no, just no. like when someone's just consistently present and then they're just no longer there, it it just feels like a piece again, like a piece of your reality is just like ripped out, like a part of you's gone. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what it feels like because Power Rangers is a part of me now, and the reason for that part of me it is gone.
0: Yeah, huh.
3: yeah. Um, my personal experiences—I I feel like I have. Uh, a few more than most um the first time i ever met jason david frank i was six or seven or eight somewhere in there power rangers was at the height of its popularity and uh, my mom worked at uh, a target in santa clarita where we lived and where the power rangers studios were and um one day we went into her work to uh she had to like pick up a paycheck or something and as we're sitting there through one of the lines comes jason david frank and i said oh my god and my mom says oh yeah he's in here all the time i see him you know two three times a week (laughs) and i'm just like you what how what how am i only finding out about this now and um she's like "Well, do you want to go say hi i was like uh, 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 um, yes. Like I, I didn't know how to respond. I was, you know, this is Tommy Oliver here. And so my mom takes me up to him and she goes um, excuse me, Jason. Uh, this is my son and he's a huge fan. And would it be cool if he met you. And like, he was totally sweet. I was just like, yeah, hey man, how's it going? And like, you know, shook my hand and everything. And, and he was super nice And, you know, didn't have, he's there shopping with his wife. He doesn't have to take time out of his schedule to do that, but he did. And that, that, that stuck with me. Um, And then sometime later, I don't know when exactly, um, his martial arts studio came and did a demonstration at my elementary school. And it was him and it was Johnny Bosch. And those two came and did, you know, martial arts expo out, out on the, like in the quad area. and again, he, he came over and he recognized me and said, Hey man, Hey, how's it going? Hey, come here. And he, and he signaled over to Johnny. Hey, come here, Johnny, come here. I got someone I want you to meet. And like brought Johnny over to, to say hi to me. And I'm just like, again, mind blown. These are the power Rangers and they know me. What, what is going on <laughs> to, to a seven, eight year old. That is huge. And, um, you know, that was, that was kind of the, the, the last time I saw them until I got back into the fandom, which again, story the same as you guys was on uh, the internet, saw a news story. That's a uh, Jason David Frank to return to power Rangers. And I, I lost my shit again. I said, wait, what he's coming back. What? I got to look at this. And so like, I found Ranger board. I created an account. I, you know, found out about Dino thunder, watched it religiously. And again, found out that he was going to be at anime central and, I was like, okay, well, I have to go to that now because I got to meet him again. And I did that and I got him to sign, Um, I have a box set of the ninja zords from the movie, but they're like not the DX ones. They're like, it's a action figure of the ninja Megazord and yeah. a falcon zord that just kind of plugs into its back. And like, I, I had him sign that and he was again, super nice. And just, yeah, the, the passion that he had for the fans, for the fandom, for the franchise, it was unparalleled. I mean, he was l- literally the face of the franchise. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, uh, getting to meet him again, like that was cool. And then the other time I met him, the last time I actually directly interacted with him was um, at a Wizard World Chicago uh, show <laughs> where he was there and he was actually like one of the judges for the costume competition. And uh, I was there with my Ghostbusters fan group doing our, you know, charity table, like we always did. And as we were unloading like the second or third day, he goes, Hey man, you guys' costumes rock. How come you weren't at the costume contest? And I was kind of like, Oh, well, you know, we were, we are busy. He goes, Oh, you guys you totally go to won Cause he saw our like proton packs and all that stuff. <laughs> And it's just like, man, like Jason David Frank thinks I'm cool for being a Ghostbuster. That is the coolest shit in the world. And he just, he was, he was like that. He just, he was so enthusiastic about everything. And again, sometimes to a detriment where he would, you know, do things for entertainment value that we, we as a podcast, you know, kind of turned our nose up at at the time. But in the end, I mean, it, it is just him trying to be entertaining and having fun and showing the fans that he cares and i am forever grateful that i got to meet him as often as i did um and yeah just like you said ap like knowing now that the next convention we go to he won't be there it 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 it's gonna feel empty without him it hurts it really does hurt Mm -hmm. it yeah I mean, you know, you always you always take someone for granted while they're with you, and you always mm-hmm. just think, oh yeah, he'll be there, oh he'll be there, and then this happens, and you realize, oh no, he won't be there, and and that's it, that's that's my opportunity gone, and so I yeah. think the big message out of all of this is to you know remind the people in your life that you love them, that you care for them. Um, I I know that I think we've said I love you to each other more times in the past 48 hours than we have (laughs) probably in a while, but it's the truth. And, and, And we, you know, we as a fandom, in a weird way, this is the coming together moment of the fandom where it's like, you know what, the petty squabbles and the oh, you don't like this season, that means you don't have any taste or whatever. It's all gone right now. It is just a mass outpouring of love and support for jdf and his family and it's like
2: sometimes it takes a tragic loss to respect everything that you have
3: exactly this is that unifying moment and Mm -hmm. it's 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 nice to see and i hope it i hope it lasts for a good long while because right now this fandom needed uh, uh, uh i don't know oh, how to say this without sounding insensitive i don't mean that they it needed this tragedy it needed a unifying event and this is that unifying event and, and
2: it's just sad that this had to be that it, it is sad event. that this is it's, the event. like it, it could have been
3: something much more jovial like hey a new movie let's let's all get excited about the new movie or, or hey you know we've got this cool new special coming out like let's get all excited about it that just, but it
2: hurt it hurts that it had to be something so yeah, awful exactly
3: negative. exactly it, it I mean it is just absolutely gut-wrenching I, I mean you know you you don't think you know normally you don't think of of a loss like this as hitting as hard as it does but this one this one hit hard mm-hmm. um, and, and again I think it's to, to bring up your point AP it is hitting so hard because JDF was such a pivotal character in all of our lives
0: mm-hmm.
3: um, you know for all of us to get yeah. back into the fandom because of him for the, the rise in popularity of Power Rangers back in the day Due to, you know, the actors and and J.D.F. coming on as the Green Ranger was a huge moment. And
2: he was he was that guy.
3: He really was. You
2: can't help but to like that guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's he's the draw.
0: You know, I think in in these last few years, I might have taken that for granted.
2: Yeah, I I know I did.
3: I think we all kind of did.
2: I wish and I regret not showing my respect for him more yeah while he was still here and I I've always respected him even when I was even when we were poking fun at him or maybe criticizing something he did I've always still respected him yeah because yeah. like like we said without him I wouldn't be doing any of this exactly I wouldn't, I wouldn't have this interest I wouldn't I wouldn't have any of that
3: I mean, like Eric said, he's pretty much indirectly or directly. I don't, I don't know how we want to word this, but I mean, he's responsible for the podcast because without JDF coming back to the franchise, none of us would have got back into watching right. the show. Mm-hmm. None of us would have been on Ranger Board. None of us would have one cold night in January decide that, uh, hey, let's let's all do a podcast together. Right, and mm-hmm. y- we we owe a lot. To that,
0: and and he's a big part of that.
3: He, he is that big part now being gone is, it's just yeah, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's it's really hard.
2: No one is ever going to have that impact on 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 the franchise. No, nobody but him could ever do that.
3: I was thinking of that earlier tonight. I thought you know, could there be a quote unquote face of the franchise as prolific as jason david frank again and i i struggled and i couldn't
0: think of anyone i mean like yeah
2: some people could say maybe asj but
0: no i don't want him as face of the Frank. but
2: just because he's jason he's a rhetoric no no because i mean he's almost the exact opposite of jdf (laughs) and i'm not trying to get into that conversation but jdf always had so much Enthus- genuine enthusiasm for the franchise, his character, the fans, and when people listen to this interview, they will yes. they'll understand what we're saying when we say that because yeah. he was never in it for himself.
0: And hearing him speak on this interview, and I just have to thank Josh for you know one letting us post the interview on our own platform, but also for sharing it with the fandom in in general. Yeah because no i i don't think ASJ could be the second face of the franchise because like literally the same night most of us found out about JDF's death was the night it came out that ASJ you know,
2: was on stage making homophobic, homophobic comments. comments
0: right yeah yeah that's what i mean i i never i can never recall an instance where JDF made some, a racist comment or or a homophobic anything I don't remember him doing that because that's not him.
2: And all you ever hear about is stories from him being so welcoming and And generous, accepting of people, and and generous and just an all around good person. And like Sierra Hannah, her story.
3: Oh God! I was
2: Uh, crying when I read that too.
3: Yep, every single post from his fellow actors. Has been just absolutely heartbreaking, and yeah, you know like it's he, obvious that they loved him very much, and they loved that he was so enthusiastic, so one hundred and ten percent behind the franchise. Yeah,
2: just to like summarize her whole thing, it's like he was like a mentor to her, became family. Mm-hmm. Like he went out of his way. Him and I think Jason Narvi went out of their way to like protect her. Mm-hmm. from someone who was sexually harassing her on the street that's good character yeah. oh
0: really where, where was that that wasn't during filming anything was it i don't think so no
3: i think they were just out at some convention and they all went to they were going to go get dinner together and on their way out to dinner some oh wow gas on the street was trying to cause trouble and Narvi and JDF Literally like chased the guy Down grabbed him brought him Back and made him apologize to her
0: Nice
2: And I think I just yeah. I say that because It shows it's an example of his character
0: mm-hmm. Yeah mm-hmm. 100% and and just like There's too many Chris's in the fandom there's Too many actors named Jason in power <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not wrong And we laugh because JDF made us laugh yeah. yeah. Este posted this video that JDF uh, did a couple years ago. Like he was in a van and he like, he did, he like, Move. He did
2: the, the shift into turbo. He did thing. the shift into turbo. That is one of my favorite videos and of he, like
0: all time. He like, he did the thing where you adjust the steering wheel, but he like broke it. So the steering wheel was just going boom, boom, boom. And then, <laughs> and then the console had like, a, it, it was a van. So the, the stick shift was on the console and he did like shift into turbo, red lightning turbo power. And I was like, this is the funniest thing ever and <laughs> and i had never i had never seen that video a couple years ago until uh until a couple days ago and and i'm like man i now i want to go back through his tiktok because yeah, that was through too. through JDF i didn't even TikTok. know i didn't
2: even know he had a tiktok like
0: no, i had I, yeah. I had seen
2: that video somewhere before but i never knew he had a tiktok yeah i wish i wish i did like <laughs> Again, and, it's hindsight.
0: Yeah, it's hindsight. And, you know, the past, ever since the, the, the movie came and went, I felt like he was distancing himself from from Power Rangers aside from Dimensions in Danger. And after Dimensions in Danger, he kind of started going his own way with, um, with Legend of the White Dragon, which now, because of this interview that, that we'll post later on, I wasn't interested in before because I thought it was just, oh, he's just ripping off power rangers because he's not in power rangers anymore no and it's because he wants to tell a more mature story that he wanted power rangers to do but they're not going to and so he wants to give us and and he even told josh in that interview he's like i consider all of you my children and he's like i want to give you guys because you're growing up now and i want to give you a grown-up you know jason david frank experience
2: and he even made it which I didn't realize until listening to that interview. Like, initially, Legend of the White Dragon was more of like a Power Rangers reunion film. Right. It had a whole bunch of cast members from different seasons. It was clearly more connected to that. It was like referenced like Angel Grove and some other things, I think. But then they, re- they reworked it.
0: Right. They
2: did a whole nother Kickstarter, Kickstarter GoFundMe with a like a lower amount which i didn't know. Yeah. Because that was one of the things i didn't necessarily support about the whole thing and i think that clouded my judgment was how much they were asking of people. Yeah. Um but they completely redid it to be more of a
0: like a, another superhero universe.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like a whole new a whole new thing. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't what it initially seemed to be. And i i wish i would have recognized that too.
0: Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, when he started to distance himself more from Power Rangers, I felt like personally, you know, I started to distance myself away from his content, mm-hmm. um, which is unfair to him. And, and it's yeah. unfair to me um, as a fan, because I'm I'm denying myself that that experience. And if you go to his YouTube channel, like I watch all of those like behind the scenes, my morph in life, because, you know, that was a look into not only an amazing look about the behind the scenes production like when he was doing Legendary Battle and and also Dimensions in Danger but you know just a peek into his life as well and and I think he had a pretty cool life. Yeah. Any any more thoughts that we want to share before we move on to to listener stories because I I know we could be here all night reminiscing.
3: We've all kind of said our piece um but I feel like a good thing to remember from this is just not only if you, you notice your friends are, are feeling down, reach out, but also if you yourself are feeling down, please remember you have people in your life who love you, who care about you, mm-hmm. Re- reach out to your friends, your family, talk to them. If you can't reach out to friends or family, uh, you know, reach out to your local suicide helpline. Remember that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I I don't mean to cut you off but just to build on it sometimes it might seem like there's no like help's not an option. Sometimes you can feel so low that even though in the back of your mind you know that there's you know it's not like the end feels like it is. And again that's just it might it might feel like all hope is lost but 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 it's not. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Like there's, it, there's help out there. It will, it can, and it will get better. And like Zach said, um, call, call your local helpline.
0: 988. Um, that's what you need. Yeah.
2: And you don't, I don't think you have to be suicidal. It's just a crisis. Yeah. Helpline. Yeah. If you feel overwhelmed, there are people there who are trained to help you and give you appropriate resources.
0: They're literally there to listen.
2: It's a free service. It, it's there for you to use if you need it.
0: Yeah. And for
3: listeners outside of the U.S., we'll post a list of all the different uh, country helplines that you can get a hold of in your country. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> so I, I think that's all we have to say about, well, <laughs> it, it's not all that we can say. Like, like I said, we can talk. A really long time about this but um just for brevity's sake and um and to also respect our our listener stories we're gonna we're gonna read some listener stories about how jdf impacted them their favorite memory and 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 that's what we're gonna do right now so um i'll start with uh richie 923 on geek status at geek status tv said jdf was pure energy on and off screen and was everything his fans wanted, an actor owning his role as a ranger in real life. He was a great martial artist and a dedicated role model. It saddens me that the dark side of humanity showed face, but his legacy remains and will shine brighter.
2: Uh, Jerusalem Garcia at Lulu Bug Cosplay said, I had the opportunity to meet Jason David Frank twice, in 2017 at Wizard World Austin, and in 2019 at Power Morphicon Express. Both times he took the moment to talk. I had planned on getting just one item signed, but both times he signed a second item for me for free.
3: Ash at Deoxy three hundred and sixty says, "I met him back in twenty sixteen, and he was really nice to me. He signed my MMPR box set and cracked a few jokes, asking if he could borrow
0: it for the weekend." <laughs> Adamant little anime Adam seven said, so "The last time I saw JDF was three years ago at Fan Expo Boston." I had already met him previously, but wanted to simply say hello and ask him a few questions. I waited in line, shook his hand, and then asked what I wanted to ask. After talking for a bit, he asked me if I wanted to take a picture with him. Clearly knew how passionate I was about Power Rangers. Wanted to make my day. He was under no obligation to offer anything, but that's just the type of person he was. Selfless and loving to everyone he met. I never expected to be torn up like this.
2: Yeah, um, Matt Dickens at Matt Dickens fifty five said met Jason back in twenty fifteen at Wizard World Nashville. To this day, he's the best interaction I've had when meeting PR actors. It was such a surreal moment to meet the guy who we watched on TV growing up.
3: Chris Ace at the real Chris Ace said. I had the honor of meeting him four times, and the last time I met him, I took my mom because she used to watch Power Rangers with me every Saturday morning when I was a kid, and her favorite was always Tommy. When she met him, he was so nice to her, and that meant so much to me. She had such a big smile on her face the whole time she talked to him. I got a few autographs, and when we were walking away, he asked if we wanted a picture, and of course we said yes. We had already paid for a professional photo op, but just the offer meant the world. She talks about that day a lot, and it was a highlight for her. We were supposed to see him in October, but he unfortunately had to cancel. And then he was announced for GalaxyCon Richmond. I was looking forward to getting another picture with him and her, and she would talk about it almost every day, and she was so excited. It broke me to have to tell her about his passing.
0: Uh. Steve Martinez at random nineties fans said, I remember the first time I met him back in 2013 at C2E2 is my first convention and also the first Ranger I ever met when it was my turn to meet him. I still don't know what I wanted him to sign. He just told me to hand him the stuff and he signed them. Even let me give him a bear hug. He really made my first con a big memory. It's amazing how now we really see the energy and impact he had for the franchise and the brand. Like TJ said, He's a legend that he was that he was
2: uh, Vince Ariola at Fajita Phantom said met him in 2010 at PMC line was always long. I remember him drinking one of those five hour energy drinks and hyped up before the signing. I did the photo op with him and he signed several other items he gave as well for free. It was fast, but he was really nice. I met him again at our Dallas con a few years after PMC. Multitasking as always, but he would look you in the eyes and chat. He knew the line was long, but wanted to give everyone their time. Shook hands, etc. And then Vince said his hand hurt after because he was a strong dude. (laughs) He said not many people do that for fans. He truly wanted to let everyone enjoy their time and show the cool things people made. Shoes, costumes, you name it. Seeing people walk away with a huge smile on their faces is something that I would rarely see at these events, but he made everyone feel like a ranger that day.
0: Oh, I think, um, I think because he was signing so many things, like his hand would hurt, (laughs) but he was, he was strong for, yeah.
3: Chris Sabetta at Sabetta Chris said, I met him two weeks ago at Rhode Island comic-con. I talked to him about how I saw his legend of the white dragon panel at PMC the movie, his time as Tommy Oliver, And what his character has meant to me, he was so passionate to meet his fans and has always been amazing to talk to extremely
0: hard to believe he's gone. Daniel Pika at it's Daniel Pika said, I wish I met him. I always wanted to. I thought I'd have a chance, but he'd always be there because he'd always be there. My wedding was not PR themed, but I made sure to at least get a few photos of us with Saba and the Zio power staff. Tommy was a small part of the most important day of my life.
2: Kid at, kid at rel 591 said in 2005, when I was little, I was in the hospital after surgery and my mom got me the best of Power Rangers DVD and that DVD got me more into Power Rangers, but it was the first time I watched MMPR and the episode it showed was white light and JDF became my favorite instantly.
3: Jorge at kid underscore wicked. I remember I met him at my first comic con, I believe in 2015. He arrived and ran up and down the line high fiving and fist bumping everyone. I spoke to him for a few minutes as he secretly signed extra autographs for me while someone looked away. It was surreal. He was awesome.
0: It takes two to Toku. It takes two. Toku said, I never got the chance to meet him in person, unfortunately, but anyone could see his spirit and love of the franchise was infectious. I watched Dimensions in Danger after hearing the news and it was a powerful reminder of his impact on the franchise and a great tribute to his work.
2: Army Panda at the Army Panda said, when I was a child, I used to have a teddy bear that I named Tommy. Lost it one day when it was forgotten at my cousin's place and they decided to toss it. He was my favorite ranger growing up. Used to watch the VHS of when the Green Ranger officially joins the team all the time.
3: At Josh underscore D underscore Taylor says, when I first met Jason David Frank in 2017, the first thing he asked about was my family. You could tell family and the fans were so important to him. He held my firstborn, less than a year old, and joked around like we had known each other forever. I'll never forget it or him.
0: DWhite95 at White underscore Dayton said, I never got the chance to meet him, but he was always a safe space when I was having hard times. I always threw any of his Power Ranger series on and escaped my problems back to easy times, and he got me through it.
2: At Alex, aka Batman, said, long story short, I had a brief conversation with the man about depression a few years ago. This legend talked to me for at least five minutes, trying to lift my spirits and asking me if I needed anything, gave me his personal email, and we had a really good talk.
3: Gary of the Soul Society at GBakes93 says, I didn't get to meet him, but in 2018, at Chenick737 and I went to PMC. I wanted to stand on line with him and meet him and say thank you for everything. However, I felt like I would get another chance at another con in the future because his line was so long. So I banked on that hope. Time passed and I never got to tell him how much he means to me and the rest of the fandom. I'm going to kick myself in the butt for the rest of my life for not doing it. Thank you, Eric, Zach, and AP for letting me tell my story and may the power protect you.
0: Alex at Ajax underscore Ranger said... It's a really simple one. But when I met him a few years back and thanked him for everything he's done, he just looked back at me and said, I appreciate you. It just felt so genuine. He really did care about every single one of his fans.
2: Cordell DeWare at C. DeWare said, when I was 14, my first convention I ever went to was Lexington Comic-Con in 2013. And the first thing I did when I got in was to go get in line to see JDF. I was beyond excited to meet him, but when I got up there to get an autograph, I basically said nothing from a combination of me being shy and starstruck. My dad actually ended up doing most of the talking. He asked me how to spell my name and was really encouraging and patient with me as I stuttered my way through it and even signing a second picture when one of my stutters caused him to misspell it. It really made that convention for me Hell, it probably made my year during a time that wasn't the best for me.
3: Thanura Ravindra at TDR1411 says, met him twice here in Sydney in 2015 and 2016, both at an unofficial event and at a con here. I only wish I got to meet him in cosplay.
0: Sean tweets at my name is Sean said, I seriously wish I could have met him. JDF always seems so nice and genuine from what I gathered. Tommy was my role model growing up. So cool, so badass. JDF and Tommy embodied the spirit of what it meant to be a Power Ranger through and through. All my fondest memories of watching PR growing up included Tommy. I had the most of all his figures as a kid and was truly my favorite ranger. This is all so heartbreaking.
2: Jeff Moses at Karyohrikan said, met him at ASIN in 08 with collector Shuki. And Silent Acts 87 was cool. Took pics and saw him on the floor interacting with fans. May the power protect him always.
3: Vidal at VidalVenegas underscore zero seven says, I never met him, but I understand the impact he had on people. I remember him watching on Legendary Battle when I was younger and his interviews slash videos about him on Black Nerd, MMPR Toys, Chris Cantata, etc. It's hard to see Tommy episodes now, but he will be remembered.
0: Steve R. at Wild Wing 64 said, I met JDF at London Film and Comic Con in 2015. He was wearing a t-shirt with Green Ranger on it. He must have spotted me already because his phone was out and he got a picture of it before I could say hi. I was too starstruck to say much, but I'll never forget that brief moment with him. I've since introduced my nephew to Power Rangers, starting with the 1995 movie. Tommy, the white Ranger was always his favorite and a childhood hero to him just as much as he was to me.
2: Johnny at Johnny underscore Marrero said, I'm still sad that he's gone, but I'm grateful for everything he has done for PR. My favorite moments from JDF as Tommy is his return in Dino Thunder in the episode back in black fighting spirit was definitely his best, but the robo Tommy battle in dimensions and danger is genius. Those are my most favorite Tommy memories, and I'm still grateful for everything he did. He was the true heart of Power Rangers, and his legacy will never be touched and will not be forgotten. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you, JDF. May the power protect you.
3: At Razor underscore giraffe said, I'll never forget when I got a chance to meet him. I was in line and he had announced that he had to wrap up early due to something with his room, and I was the last person to get an autograph slash photo. When I got closer to the front, they told me the price of an auto-slash photo. I realized that I didn't have enough money for either, but since I was close to JDF, he noticed that I had something to sign, and he told them not to charge me for the autograph, and I even got to take a photo with him.
0: At Crispy No Ken said, it's a two-parter. The first time I met him was at New York Comic Con in 2014, and as I was standing in line, I'm literally hyped to actually meet him. He was the first Power Ranger I met in person. When I finally shook his hand, I was starstruck. My inner self couldn't believe it. The second time was four years later, but only at a photo op. The third time, however, was earlier this year at Toy Tokyo in Manhattan, but with my custom black and gold Dragon Ranger cosplay, and he actually liked it so much, he got me on his TikTok. That moment with him, I'll never forget.
2: At Hanzo Howells said, I met J.D.F. for the first time in 2015 at I'm not sure what con that is, but Lfcc. I had my copies of MMPr issue zero. I could only get one signed. I was so nervous to meet him. What one do you want signed? I said green, as that's my first hero. I wanted white too, but it was an extra twenty five pounds. He signed it for free. The agent of the con next to him said, "You can't do that." And he said, "Actually, I can." He asked for my name. Harry, I've been a fan since I was three. And he said, without fans like Harry, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be JDF. So if you can't afford something, I'll always do it for free. He was for us.
3: At Sentai 5 said, I've said this story many times, but when I met him at PMC 2018, went up to do our photo op, and he was really hyped to see me wearing the black dino morpher. Oh, man, you're wearing the black dino morpher. That's so cool, dude. I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. When it was done, I thanked him again and told him how much of an honor it was. And as I walked away, he said, don't forget to watch on August 28th, talking about Dimensions in Danger. I laughed and said I, I wouldn't. In everything he did, you could tell he was passionate and that he really loved the brand. The brief conversation was so surreal, and I've met so many actors in the past, but this was different because it was my favorite Ranger, and it really helped complete my circle as a PR fan.
0: Jay Mitchell at Tweet 117 said, met him at Niagara Falls Comic Con, stood in line, paid for auto and photo, the works. Had a nice but short convo. The line was long. Everything you'd expect at a convention. Later in the day, he ended his panel and was heading out, I presumed to the airport. I was walking down the hallway in the opposite direction. As he was walking by, I said to him, hey, Jason, I didn't get to tell you earlier, but Tommy was my hero as a kid. I just wanted to thank you quickly for the memories and for giving me someone to look up to. Safe travels. He stopped and said, I remember you. I signed a Saba, right? I said, yes. He said, take another pick with me. Yeah, right here. Stuff like that is why I come to cons. That meant the world to me.
2: Josh at Living Ranger Key said, I sadly never got the chance to meet him. But one memory i have is back when i was 11 and just getting into the brand didn't really have an easy way to get any of the older toys back then while i was watching through numerous seasons during the summer hiatus so i used to make my own with brown cardboard grocery bags and construction paper mainly made morphers as those were always some of my favorite things but one time i made a helmet this way it was MMPR green's helmet i used to wear it around the house and pretend to be tommy And since it was made with the bottom of a brown bag, it was a square, not really helmet shaped. It looked like I had made a Minecraft head or something, but I was proud of it. I remember seeing JDF in Black Nerd and MMPR Toys videos back then and showing my mom who he was and telling my parents he was my favorite ranger, someone I wanted to meet one someday, how he lived like a ranger in real life. To this day, I think my dad can even still name which rangers he was. One of the few things he actually retained from my rambles about my love for the brand for the past decade must've really talked about him a lot back then.
3: Edward Sanchez at Edward is the man said, I first met JDF at fan expo Dallas back in 2017 and his line was very long, but it was worth it. He was one more phenomenal dude.
0: At artsy underscore chef said, I was lucky to have met the man more than once the first time in LA sporting a Dino thunder black shirt. He grinned when he saw it. Nice. Dino Thunder, he said. Always had a smile on his face and a good sense of humor. He took time to always greet everyone. He loved all of us as we loved him. I saw him again out here in Michigan. He laughed, made jokes, and honestly was just a joy to be around. I miss his smile and his wit. I was fortunate enough to tell him how much Tommy meant to me. If I could say one more thing, I'd just thank him again. Thank him for everything.
2: Uh, Condry at Condrea said, he wasn't one of my favorites, so I really don't have any experiences except brief ones or in passing. And even then, I recall that he was polite and kind each time. I regret all the times I claimed he was the opposite of that.
3: Von Brother at Mr. Cooper 92 said, in 2019, I was able to meet JDF in Miami. At first, I didn't want to meet him just yet because I wasn't sure if I could afford an autograph. Thanks to my best friend, he gave me the full JDF treatment. I remember talking to JDF about Selwyn and how the legacy was in good hands.
0: Tyler Bo Turkey at Tyler Daniel Boz said, I met him a year ago during a meeting greet at a local toy shop, and he was so humble and happy to be doing it. He even said thanks for stopping by the shop. He really did love his involvement with the brand, whether it was official or not. Did he have an ego? I don't know. I think all actors do at some point but he never turned anyone or put anyone down much like the character he portrayed. May he rest in power and fighting spirit. Whew. So I just really want to thank all of our listeners for sharing those moments with us. I know, unfortunately a lot of people didn't get to meet JDF, but you know, I I, I hope that us sharing these memories of some of our listeners, you know, really is just a small sampling of, of the lives that uh, Jason David Frank touched, and you'll definitely hear a lot more of those moments in this upcoming interview with uh, with Josh Moore. There's there's some really touching stuff in here, and there's also some very real talk. Yeah, because there is some real talk. Uh, there is some light swearing a couple of times. Uh, In this interview, which we are not going to edit or I'm not going to edit just because, you know, JDF always kept it real and, and really it's just like a, it's, it's nothing like huge. So for those with kids that, you know, maybe don't want to hear that I would either preview the, uh, the interview for yourself, but it, it, there is some, it's just light swearing and it's towards the end of it anyway. I I do want to thank uh, once again, Josh Moore for uh, giving us the opportunity to host his interview on our podcast. And I think that'll about do it for us, you know, stay tuned for the rest of this interview. And we're not going to promote anything on, on this podcast. So um, we'll probably close out the episode with, uh, with the tribute that, uh, that Power Rangers um, posted today. So.
2: And just thank you to JDF
0: yeah yeah thanks jdf really just rest in peace and yeah we'll leave it at that thanks everyone for listening take care love you guys
3: hey y'all
4: i'm joshua moore a writer based out of kentucky if you're listening to this you probably know that actor jason david frank died over the weekend jdf was a lot of things to a lot of people and like most of us a complicated human being However you feel about him or the characters he betrayed for three decades, JDF left an indelible mark on Power Rangers. I had the opportunity to interview him on behalf of the Lexington Herald leader in March of this year. A ten-minute request turned into more than an hour of banter about a lot of things. Some of it was relevant to my intended audience, but a lot of it wasn't. But I think you guys will appreciate it. Out of respect for JDF, this audio has been slightly edited to remove portions he asked to be off the record. The bulk of our interview remains intact and I think will be of interest to anyone who follows him or the Power Rangers brand. JDF was one of a kind within the Power Rangers universe and reality. We'll miss him more than we know. If you or someone you love needs help, please call 988. You're worth saving. Hello? Hey, is this Jason? Yes, it is. Hey, Jason. This is Josh uh, Moore, the Herald-Leader. Jared Greer passed along your number and and said he was going to let you know I was going to call at 1. Is now still a good time?
1: Yeah, no, no. I was was expecting 12. Yeah, I'm in Texas, so I have my alarm set and everything, so glad you called. Right on. Are you on East Coast time?
4: Yeah, yeah. That's why I I wasn't sure if you – I know you're based out of Texas, but (laughs) you're all over the place, so –
1: yeah, no, it's all good. I, I program my phone uh, 10 minutes out, 15 minutes out, you know, so just to make sure I didn't miss it. But thanks for calling, man.
4: Yeah, no, no, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Uh, I know you've, you know, I, the kind of, I wanted to talk about was with the, um, you know, you've been to Lexicon quite a few times. And, and I guess, yeah. you know, this is technically the, I think, the 10th anniversary or the 10th year of the convention. Um, and I know you've yeah. not been every year, but you've been a lot of them. What? uh including the first and i guess you know i'm kind of curious just to hear your perspective on you know that first show to now kind of what what you know you've seen from from the
1: convention so. yeah well jared's definitely growing in lexington comic-con is pretty special to me because um you know i had a pretty big comic collection when i was a kid and, and i let that go in order to grow to get my karate school so i let that huge collection go and um I was, you know, teaching, I have a huge martial arts school, thousands of students, and I was mm-hmm. teaching on the floor, and my wife, someone asked about, you know, trying to get a hold of me for a Comic-Con, and my wife said, someone's on the phone, you know, about a Comic-Con, it's like, I, I don't really know, so, anyway, I uh, took the call, and I said, hey, you know, he kind of educated me a little bit what they do, and I said, well, I'll come, and I'll look around at comics, books, and, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just have a good time, and when I got there, I never got a chance to look at books. I was just super busy <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of realized what, what Comic-Cons are. And the good thing for me is that, you know, a lot of actors, they get paid, they get guarantees. I just don't do that. It's you can come to my table, you know, you get something or you don't. I want to make sure I take care of you. And that's kind of been my motto from day one. Um, and kind of learned a lot from Jared and Lexington. So that's Lexington is a very special con to me. Cause I was able to be part of Jared's family and the original, you know, uh, people that believed in him and he believed in me to, to, to draw that crowd of the Power Ranger crowd. And, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting to go back, especially cause I have a new movie and I haven't seen people in the last two years. I've been kind of helping comic shops over the last two years, raised about, you know, half a million dollars for them, leaving signed merchandise behind. I just couldn't stand still in, in quarantine. So, uh, and Jared has a few comic shops too, so I, I've done mm-hmm. a couple of his comic shops, and uh, I just, you know, I just love the fans. It's it's more of a hobby than a job for me, um, and I look forward to this one because you know it's going to be really big. I, I was able to do a show with Chuck Norris out there and, and made some connections with him, which I was a big fan of his. And so he's got a good lineup, and he runs a really heck of a good show,
4: yeah, well, that's what <clears throat> you know I know that first year you were you were the attraction i mean it was like you know maybe yeah. ten guests, and you were the guy and, and i you know to, you know full uh uh transparency, I'm a big power Rangers fan, so it was yeah. you know, uh, you know it was just cool and it was just neat that he kind of you know especially those first few years, he really built the show around power Rangers
1: yeah mm-hmm. no he was a good guy i got I got really great fans, and I think uh just you know doing with the social media and reaching out to people i mean i you know even when I do comic shops i oh, mean i I did an East Coast tour eight day back to back, and we drew over eight thousand people in a good social distancing way mm-hmm. and I only say that because it's like take a number and wait for your table and it respects people's time, and I'll sign there for ten hours but people won't have to wait in line and stand there for hours and hours. So there's a new program that I think people should implement at cons for the for the bigger guests that have, you know, three, four, five-hour long lines. It'd be a be a good idea because they can get a number and then they'll text them to head to the table and they can shop around and yeah. don't have to hold babies in their arms and stuff. But <laughs> it's old-fashioned, you know, we're stuck in the old-fashioned ways of waiting in line. So And the, and the fans don't mind, so... You know I'm very happy about it and um you know and very happy about the fans as well and um you know, I had an hour at new york comic con and just one hour wasn't enough I had seven eight hour long line and and um you know so it it was good it was it's a it's a good experience and i've always he's always had an open insight for me, and I'm always bringing him the energy and it just happens to be like I said, we got a new movie coming out which happened during quarantine that's filmed and the Power Ranger fan base—it's more driven for your age group, right? But I've seen a lot of kids. Oh my God, a lot of Tommy Oliver fans that are like four and five and six and seven year olds now, and I'm like, I just made an adult movie for <laughs> twenty five year olds, you know? It, it's okay for kids, but the, it will the, it will lose the storyline for kids. But this this movie's for uh, PG thirteen and up, and and the kids are still gonna love the action. They're just gonna be lost in the storyline. You know, it's a deeper storyline, you know, Michael Mattson's and Mark Dukaskis is, and, uh, you know, King Batch brings a lot of humor as kind of our mentor. Um, and, uh, David Ramsey is a big part of the movie who was on Arrow uh-huh. He plays the mayor. And it was just, it's just a good passion project. Me and and the Sun did. We originally kickstarted it and then we got investors to put a lot of money into it to make this movie big. So it'll be out in March of, um, up next year so i'm looking forward to doing something special with you know jared and the movie uh in the in the next show coming up for for 2023 as well
4: cool yeah yeah i wanted to ask you when legends of the white dragon was was supposed to come out i know it's it's uh i've seen him in mean, the pictures like the costume looks cool i mean there's a lot of you know i know there's a you know few people involved that i recognize uh
1: yeah so, you that, know, what I have had to it. do is, you know, we, we originally did this first Kickstarter for fan stuff, and I stayed away from that. I built my own IP. I get to run my own rules. I listen to the fans. I'm out in front of the fans, thousands of fans all the time. And I know what they want, but then they, you know, Hasbro just doesn't put out stuff except toys, 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 and they're not putting out content. But I personally know my fans that come back time and time again, uh, you know, to visit, and they're just itching for something—not a reunion on a kids show. I don't, you know what I mean? A Nickelodeon right. reunion. And I—I I understand the studios want to drive the parents and the kids to the show, but I've already done that. Now I'm Eric Reed, I'm tattooed up. I got a mohawk. <laughs> it's a deeper story. We got two comic books. You know, we got Rob Rob Liefeld doing a cover, uh, and the 1263 that's on the side of my head has become its own side story kind of like The Punisher, you know, Frank Castle stuff, and then The Legend of the White Dragon. We got a pre-sequel book. There's so much stuff in place, and I I think a fan said it the best. Uh, You know, looking at it, he goes, man, this is so refreshing. And as his age group, it was refreshing to him to learn about this whole new universe we built. And it's going to be similar. It's reaching that fan. It's Mm -hmm. reaching that that similarity, but we're not competing with Power Rangers, because I love it. I love doing what I did it's just at this point I'll be 49 when I met Chuck Norris at Lexington he told me one thing I'll never forget he said his career didn't start and really take off until he was 50 and uh, it motivated me to do this movie before I was 50 to follow my heart and dreams with in the Sun that does amazing content um, and we're just in March will be just under the two year mark which takes about two years 'Cause we've got a really good distributor, Scott Kennedy, and he's pretty adamant about when you release a movie at the proper time and not get killed by big Marvel movies or DC <laughs> movies. So that's why we decided to take the time. Uh, you know, we, I'm rebuilding all the website. I'm I'm in charge of all. You know, I'm a producer as well on it, but I'm in charge of all the all the branding and the wording and making sure that fans understand that I love Power Rangers. I'm not competing with Power Rangers that I have a movie that I've committed that happens to come out next year, which is the 30th year anniversary, Uh which I did not know. Um, and it just happened to be, that's the time and we're releasing it. And I think it's a perfect time to, uh, you know, your kids, look, the kids always have Power Rangers on TV, but it's about this age group now where people are like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, no, thank you. If it wasn't for you guys wouldn't be here. Um, so it's an opportunity for them to love both brands, you know. I'm, uh, I'm Eric reading this book and I, and I, in this movie and the comic books, and I think it's really going to be, it's refreshing for me to play a character. I could be a little dark, deeper, um, and get stuff going, you know. And I tried so hard with Saban and Hasbro. I paid for Lord and Trainer out of my own money. I did so much to show how you know how popular mm-hmm. you know a side story can go or a Green Ranger, but whatever the case is, I think they're just protecting their kids' brand, which is fine. But I've had to move on, uh, and we got licensing deals, and I don't want no. Uh, it's funny because it's a it's a movie that. Is it, it's, it's, uh, when I'm doing merchandise and other other things, it's like, that oh, has sorry. I kind of do my own thing. It's kind of similar, but it's not similar whatsoever. You know what I mean? But it, it will be familiar in your mind to see Tommy Oliver all tattooed up with a mohawk with a whole different, um, you know, a whole, whole different, uh, demeanor. And uh, a deeper story with, with some really good actors, you know, um, Michael Mattson. He's my dad. was really deep scenes. Um, Aaron, who did Bad Son, uh, Aaron Chonky, he's playing Dragon Prime, so he's directing and editing and doing all this stuff. And Mark, I was a big fan of and The Crow and Double Dragon. Uh-huh. And his last John Wick 3, I thought he did amazing action in it for oh, yeah. considering his age. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm, I'm saying it in a really good way. So, and then King Batch, he's out there and he's in almost every movie you can think of, and he brings such a light humor to the movie and such a nice tone for, you know, again, your age group.
4: With the the movie and and it coming, with the 30th anniversary, you know, it kind of being that same year, is that something, is Hasbro. Is there anything in the works, or have they talked or reached out trying to get it? Because I know you see all these reunion specials, like with friends and Harry Potter yeah. and some other stuff. But...
1: Man, let me tell you if everybody would get on the same page, if everybody can get on the same page, it's just not possible because Amy's union, she's directing CW shows. It's like, you know, we're all at that age, I feel where I do things as a hobby, and Tommy's been there forever. I mean, I I didn't do it for the money. I've done every reunion you can possibly think of. There's rumors out there that are flying around. It's just, for me, I have content already done. And again, with the 30th year anniversary coming out, I feel, for me, I'm doing something for kids, which are you. You guys are my kids. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have anything... Um, you know, it would be something to talk about, but at the same time, everyone's not on the same page. You know, in the very beginning, there's a lot of actors that walked out, kind of went on strike. Right. But it'd be interesting now to maybe all get together and sit down at a table and all be one for one or none for none type of thing. But, um, it's just, I don't, you know, it's still a non-union show. Uh, and I'm union and all the actors I got are union and it's just, it's non-union. It's been, how many years can, a big corporation get away with a non-union show I don't understand it it's still non-union therefore you can't bring the union out um, uh, and that was the biggest thing in the beginning but those guys weren't union it just was strike in the beginning and I'm not saying strike now I'm just saying we we'll all get together and create something like a Cobra Kai but Hasbro is just pumping out toys I mean if you look at the Lord Draken toys you know, um, Scott from Power Morphicon, myself, I paid my own money just to show them, hey, look how cool this trailer could be. Oh, yeah. It was everybody awesome. loved
4: it. It was awesome. Yeah. And they
1: sell toys, but they never did anything. And it's no big deal. Now, I don't make money on toys and all, but it was just something to show to prove the fan base. Now I've stepped away from World Dragon because. I have to because they're not moving forward, and i I guess I was tired of doing what you're hearing now. Is there anything in the works? I hear all this stuff on the rumors? You'll be hearing that for years. <laughs> I mean, that's just my opinion, as for me. Um, you know, and and as for Amy, because I think Amy's on a really good directing path right now, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes, unless it was really good from Hasbro and I'm not talking money, I'm talking filming in the States, creating a really good script. Uh, people would have the same page. I have businesses. I do this as a hobby. You have to understand. Other people do it for a job. Right. So there's a lot of people out there that will do anything for a little amount of money, not thinking of doing something for the fans. Put it that way. So they got a job to do. You know, if they get offered a small amount of money and they're non-union, then they're going to have to do it. But as far as me, I've kept my movie New- union. Amy's union. So it's, it's a, it's a, I have not been reached out at all from Hasbro in the last, when they first bought it, I have not been reached out. Uh, and from my understanding, uh, the, the kids show is not even really Hasbro from whatever reason how that happens. I don't know, but, uh, it's always been like that with Disney too. They kind of put it on the back burner. It's a separate quote, quote company. So right. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah. It's like
4: E1 or something, something based out of, Britain, I yeah, think, I think.
1: yeah, it's kind of like uh, having a corporation in uh, Panama. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of um, so I-, I wish it would be a little different. I-, I know there was even talks of my daughter wanting my daughter to be a ranger and stuff, but I don't want to put her through through that experience first. Uh, she plays my daughter in the movie and is really good method acting. Um, it's very moving the movie, and I can die happy with that movie. I mean, it's everything I got. Every acting thing I got, every karate—you're all going to be shocked. Agents are going to be shocked. Everybody I worked with is like, "Hey man, you should be doing movies. You should be doing this." I says, "Yeah, I just my heart follow the movie. Let's do that first. Let me appeal to that fan base, not steal appeal. There's a big difference. Right. Um, because you know I'm not crapping on the brand. I love the brand. I love being me, but I'm 49. I've been six different rangers. You know what I mean? I. It's hard to cover my tattoos up to go back to a softer Tommy and on a kid show where I want to be darker, deeper, sound like I'm sounding now,
4: uh-huh.
1: and be Eric Reid. Um, but as far as everyone get on the same page, there's been no circle on the table to say, hey, guys, Austin, Amy, we've never done that. And Hasbro's never reached out and patted anyone on the back. And um, like I said, when I first started with Jared, he knew – he believed in me. And he knew I was going to draw a big crowd. Even though I was just there to look at comics, it just pow. And now through social media, I always say one thing to the fans, that actors always want the fans to pay attention to me. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's why their fan base goes down. I pay attention. Ten years, I've been building this huge audience And on an emotional bank account, taking time listening to stories, and I want nothing from them. I've just been building this huge fan base to want to watch because they know And um although that's where it started, but one of the investors is a hardcore Comic Con goer and I met him in two thousand seventeen. I walked out of my table, he's in a wheelchair, had no clue didn't matter to me. What's up, bud? You need anything? No, no, I'm just watching took a picture signed him a free autograph and this guy just said wow that's happened before and um he invested in the movie and he just simply believes in me believes in the project and from that experience look what good karma brings you know what i mean and at comic cons you will never leave disappointed at my table i will call you out if you did (laughs)
4: <laughs> just like
1: a few fans on tour at this comic shop, I'm inboxing them late at night, telling them, come. I'll hook them up, and I'll give them free photos and take a picture. But this one particular person wasn't happy because he wanted a picture. So I signed the third one for free, and I smiled at him. I said, so you good now? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Nothing else to complain about? Okay. <laughs> it's just easier to do that than X amount of dollars, X amount of dollars, you know? And, and um, So anyway... I'm just, uh, I I guess the blessed to be in my position that I'm in. Um, and I'm so happy we made content because there's no movie. They, the first movie they rebooted, they fired everybody. I just don't understand. If I was, if I was in a executive position, I would understand the fans, not the numbers, but all studios look at is a number. Like, okay, Jared, how many people you bring to the door? Okay. Well, that's great. My, my, my client will come. Never asked Jared that. Jared just invited me. I didn't ask how many people he brings to the doors. He says it's going to be a fun event. I went. And that's how I live my life. I don't ask, who are you? What newspaper are you from? I don't care. Everything is done equal. Because with that attitude, your life will be better if you just treat everyone and everything with full passion and 110%. And that's the reason why we got this movie and investors and all the other actors based off Being nice. I was nice to David Ramsey's kids in the green room. I didn't really know who David Ramsey was. (laughs) I sent a box of toys to his kids, and years later, you know, he said, hey, man, I'd love to do your movie. He read the script, he loved it, and he did it. You know what I mean? I'm not saying favors. The script has to sell the actors. Mark wouldn't do the movie if the script wasn't good. So that's why I told Aaron, you send the script, and everybody jumped on it because it's a really good film. And that's what I'm proud of. That it was not favors for us. It was like I'll take a I'll do a favor and take a look at your script, but that script has to move my career and it has to be good in order for me to do. And we got everybody. So, and then of course Jason Font. You know, he's uh, I always build him up because he's he's a good friend of mine and he was there from day one. Um, and we just changed the Kickstarter. Everybody didn't want to do it. People dropped out. You know, everyone wasn't interested, and it was better for me not to have more rangers in it uh-huh. in order for it to get picked up for a theatrical release. So a lot of people didn't want to do it again because they were afraid to kickstart. And I knew in my heart, you just don't give up. You keep trying and trying and trying, and then you get it. So a lot of people were afraid. They just jumped ship. So when I kickstarted again, they just bailed. They didn't want no part of it. So I said, it's fine. I'll just do it my way, and I know in my heart, is. Like, It's going to be something, especially during uh, COVID and quarantine. All we had was computers, iPhones, and TVs. (laughs) And all I did was ride my motorcycle to every comic shop as I could to sign free comic books and leave. That's how I started my tour. Get out of the house, wear a mask, sign books, and leave. And people thought it was a joke. It was a hoax. I still make my way to comic shops. I pay my own way. I show up. I sign. I leave them $5,000 worth of stuff and I say goodbye. And I've done that for two years now. So it's amazing to hear Rob Liefeld on his podcast shout me out and say, Hey, you know, my unicorn, my mentor is Jason David Frank, who did this during quarantine, you know, and he's following my footsteps, but I did it just to be kind and they are too. And font. Did as well And that's the reason Why his fan base Is growing Is because uh, Font's in it And Serena she uh, uh, Serena Vincent She does a lot of stuff I know her from Stuck in the Middle So does Jenna She did a season Of Power Rangers But Jenna now gets To act with her Which She lost the part On Stuck in the Middle And I told Jenna Keep auditioning Keep auditioning and Something will happen Well nothing happened But now she's in a movie Doing what she wanted to do Play that girl and stuck in the middle for her to be her mom. Well, now she's her mom in the movie that plays my wife in the movie. So, And then Ciara, she's the yellow ranger for Megaforce. So we have a few rangers in there, but we have some death. And I always tell people that. And they're like, yes, <laughs> fine, it's about time. I'm like, sorry, kids. I mean, it's fine for kids, but we are going to kill people. That's just all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it is. And if 25 and 30-year-olds get traumatized, y'all need to grow up. <laughs> you know we're a whole new movie in a whole new universe so I'm excited about it
4: yeah all those kids they they watched Iron Man die and Avengers. you know they'd say it's there to hey you know. totally if
1: you watch an Iron Man Deadpool you're good <laughs> so, but this, so the thing about Jared's show is, you know, we, we you know we'll do like photo ops. I'll you know sign autographs. I'm usually really busy there. I'll be there till the last person there. And then um, the good thing is I have a Q and A. I really miss Q and As over the last two years, where I can talk about Power Rangers, Alive, Legend of the White Dragon, um, basically everything. And I had a YouTube show called My Morphing Life. Which, for whatever reason, people want that back. But <laughs> I
4: did
1: that years ago, I think people were just in quarantine, bored and watching stuff.
4: Right, discovering
1: We'll it. be able to talk about anything. I'm one of those guys that, if you want to ask me 10 Green Ranger questions and it fulfills your childhood, then ask those questions. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very happy to be back and do a Q&A. But Jared's show has really grown, and I'm pretty proud of him and his family. And uh, his family, I've known for a long time, his son Jackson, uh, he's into collecting shoes like me, so uh, <laughs> we get along good. So it's, it's going to be a good lineup, and it's always a great show. As long as the fans leave happy, that's all I care about because I won't do a show with a promoter. Where I hear something bad about that show, I won't associate my name with it, no matter what kind of money. I don't pay, I don't take guarantees, I go off my gut and my heart, and if it's a good person like Jared, then I'll be at their shows. That's just the way it
4: when you come to Lexington, do you have any chance to actually do anything like like go eat out or eat or?
1: You know, uh, not really. <laughs> I don't. At some of these shows, I'm in and out. You know, uh, like I said, I just got off was a ten day back to back tour that was like, whew, it was it was a hard one. But um, I don't really. But I, I get a chance to reconnect to some of the people that I haven't seen, like some of the actors, some of the promoters, and things like that. If Bruce Campbell was there, me and Bruce always go out to dinner. I don't know if he's going to be there, but uh, I started dressing up in suits at Comic-Cons because of Bruce Campbell told me, hey, you need to dress up, promise me you're always going to dress up at a con. So all the time at Comic-Cons, I wear a suit, but all the comic shops, I'm usually wearing a bike. I'm driving, I'm riding a bike, and I'm I'm wearing biker stuff. So people see me in a show, they're like, oh, why are you wearing a suit? Because Bruce, so I kept my word <laughs> to every time I do a show, which is which I think is kind of cool because you kind of dress up for the fans, and it, you know they take pictures. It's like you're dressing up for the fans, not just throwing a baseball cap on and sitting there and on your phones and not being approachable. It's a very uh, you know I like to entertain people. It's just a it's a it's a it, it's a a line where you come in and you can wait, but also be entertained. And I uh, appreciate people's time. Because that's all we got on the end of the day is we just got eighty six thousand four hundred seconds a day. That's it. So we got to make every second count.
4: Well, that's one thing. I mean, I've met a lot of ranger actors and and everything, and there's a difference in meeting you and uh, anyone else that does it. (laughs) It just you do you do just bring a, you know, I don't know how you, I don't know how do you keep that energy because you just really (laughs) (laughs) you know bring it you know for you know twelve hours straight.
1: Well, I, I honestly, the secret is, you gotta like it, number one. You can't pay me enough to be there. I don't care if you say how much money, you can't pay me enough, you have to like it, number one. Number two, it's not my job. Number three, I push the refresh button on a computer. Refresh, refresh, refresh. So when we engage, I don't call them the hollow eyes. There's a lot of people I meet that just have these hollow eyes. They're just programmed to say 17 things. That was, oh, it was really great. Really nice to meet you. Come through a line. It's like you're really not... Grasping. That's why in, this, in the scene with Legend of the White Dragon, it was really hard in the beginning to work with Michael, but we engaged, and this is the first movie that Michael cried in, is because there was hollow eyes in the beginning, but I drew those hollow eyes out to real emotions because I connect with people. I just held a kid in my arms. That's dying in one month and I check in with him every day until his last day and he just says he could die happy now. Man, that, nobody knows what it feels like to, to hold someone that that's her last wish. And I had five minutes. I didn't make it five minutes. I made it an hour. I don't care how long I'm traveling. I don't care where I'm going. I, and I check in with this guy till today. Uh, and he's on Instagram I started his Instagram he did the uh, Wayne Lord Dragon because he loves Power Rangers and I showed him a couple clips of the white dragon which he loves but, you know he's not going to live long enough to watch it and I didn't yeah. have the heart to tell him so I showed him behind the scenes stuff but it's refresh engage and don't give me hollow eyes and really listen and care and when I would see my pastor he would shake hands and I would think man this guy tired He's free, just meeting everybody and he's shaking hands and when he you shakes your hands, Pastor Keeney, he'll just look at you and you, he's giving you something. He's giving you food for the soul. And I always wonder, I always think of him when I shake hands with all of, during COVID and all that stuff. But even just being there in front of him is you could feel that energy. And for me, it's an experience, but it's not a fake experience. That's why when I do comic shows, people will leave with signed Legend of the White Dragon stuff. Everybody will leave with a photo, regardless if they got one or not. I give out more stuff than I even get. And that's why I always do shows alone, is I don't mean to be like that. I'm not trying to be slam everyone else. But when you meet me, you get free stuff. I had a kid that bought one <laughs> autograph the other day, and I signed 21 things for him, and I don't really care. And he's like, oh, oh. And I say, hey, bud, by the time you even asked, we could have got 22 things signed. You want to sign your baby? Sign the baby. You know, it's like, I I just, one of those things where you got to have that experience. It's not just about money. It's about depositing in your emotional bank account. And sometimes people take, 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 expect the people that expect the free stuff. I'll do it, but it just, it just gives you a different feeling. It's like, be patient, be respectful. Don't expect anything. So when you're surprised, you're like, oh my God, thank you. Just live life like that. Do good, kind things and live life and enjoy that moment because it's an experience. And it's an experience where people come back seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty times. I signed a shirt for a guy uh, at a con not too long ago. I signed his shirt ten times. It has been a tradition since 2016. Every time he sees me, I sign him for free. I sign up for free the first time. And every time he sees me, he comes up, let me sign it. And there's a lot of things I do for military people too. It carries a Green Ranger card in his pocket. I signed that thing 15 times because it kept him safe during battle and war. And these are the stories that keep you going. That kid I held that had one month, I could care less about where I was, what I was doing. It It hits you at home. You know, it's like of all people, me. You pick me to to be your last wish. It's like it's 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 an honor, but it's mind blowing. But there ain't no one else that's gonna give you that love that my pastor does, and shake hands and, and just give you that endless love and a commitment to say I'll be there with you even through hospice. Every day I'll send you a video. Keep writing as long as you want because he's got a br- white brain white brain disease right white matter of brain disease mm-hmm. and he's going to forget me and I said you ain't going to forget me right as long as you can to keep your brain active and that's stuff that I do so I don't know sometimes but sometimes I am drained on the end of the day but I have to refresh and uh, you know to get ready again to interact to hear stories and there's a lot of actors that are like yeah I heard that before it's like come on if a fan comes up and says I know you hear this a thousand times you're my favorite actor and you're my hero I grew up with I don't think anyone, if, if someone heard that too much, they should not be signing at the table. We should not be giving them any money or anything. No attention at all. Because that's the stuff that keeps people going, at least for me. So when you engage and when you go to a con, next time, look in people's eyes and see if you see those hollow eyes. Because I see hollow eyes in people and celebrities. And it bothers me so much. It's those ho- hollow eyes standard questions. It's like really grasp. And I, I try to grasp That's why Tommy Oliver, in the beginning, I had 14 episodes, but I was a karate teacher and I had life in my eyes where I reached through television and grabbed the audience and became the longest existing arranger is because I liked it. I had passion and I had life in my eyes and I enjoyed doing what I do. And I think that's the key of treating the last fan, that kid that was dying, the last fan after eight hours signing and, and holding him up when he couldn't stand and giving him one hour and I had to travel to the next location didn't matter. That kid has a very short life. Let me give him as much time as I possibly can in order to get to the next location. I don't know how it happens, but I refreshed my brain. Refresh. What's your favorite color? Refresh. you'll never <laughs> hear me say, go to YouTube, man.
0: Check it out. I got ripped off
1: on the show. I didn't get paid this. I didn't get... Out. God, just please give me an experience. Don't be so bitter on the show. Just be cool and give me an experience, but don't give me hollow eyes. And that's one thing I realized during COVID and all this stuff is I started paying attention to eyes because of the masks and the hat. And I started paying attention to eyes and adjusting my focus to what's wrong with this person. And I saw eyes the whole time and I started seeing hollow eyes. And that's how I came to this conclusion in the last two years of what it is with people. It's the eyes. It's grasping your love, your thoughts and your heart through the eyes.
4: Oh, I, I like that I, yeah.
1: I've,
4: I've kept you for 30 minutes. I could talk to you for another hour. I don't know what you're doing Yeah. It yeah, like. no, no.
1: yeah. but it's good, but if you have any questions, man, well, you know let me know.
4: And you brought up Chuck Norris earlier. You know, from this movie, I, I would think you, I mean, I, I would think you would want to keep doing this, right? Like, if it's successful and, and does what you want it to do, like, yeah. you know, because cause I kind of imagine, you know, it always sort of surprised me that no one from the show, I mean, you, you guys have had success, but that no one really, you know, kind of took the torch from, like, Jackie Chan yeah. or Bruce Lee or something. Yeah, kind exactly,
1: of. yeah. Well, I tell you, and I'm telling you, I'm not lying. It's the best action because I didn't want to keep it like Power Rangers. I didn't want to do that karate uh, stuff. So I never trained in Muay Thai. So when I did this movie, I I'm keeping my character Muay Thai. We keep him like Liam Neeson style, but it was really good action. And I'm a real martial artist, same rank as Chuck Norris. I'm like the only one from the show that has legitimate roots. Uh, And I just don't think I got that opportunity. But I also think it's timing. And I think it's when your doors are open, it's all proper timing. And like I am an a- actor that works backwards. Most actors do a movie and they get fans. I have millions of fans and now I got a movie. So it's completely opposite than what people do, and which I'm glad. So I've been promoting myself for 10 years, building relationships. So when a movie comes out, they're going to watch it um and when chuck norris said literally you're gonna be the next me he said that at a con because my line and i said wow and he goes yeah with the same rank he was you're gonna be the next me my career didn't take off until i was 50 and that was like one heck of a compliment uh, you know what i mean from oh, chuck yeah. norris and hearing that and uh chuck said a- anything you do make sure it's clean enough for kids pg-13 whatever it is because i run martial arts schools i got thousands of students. I got two martial arts schools in Houston, one in California that was kind of struggling from COVID, uh, Rise of Sun Karate. And that's the Rise of the Sun Karate Stevenson Ranch was five minutes away from where I filmed. So that's the reason why I got that school. And then one in Tom's River, New Jersey. All the schools are doing great now. But uh, COVID, I think, was just a shock to the world. Um and, uh, you know, so it was a shock to the world. But uh, we got through it, and I actually did way more during COVID than I did in real life. I mean, I was really productive. I work under pressure. I remember pressure creates diamonds. Either you're going to crack under pressure or you're going to get busy. And there's just a lot of this new generation that just don't get busy. They're very slackish, lazy on social media. You know, we were the number one kid show in the world for social media and uh you know that's that's a compliment you know we did old. i'm looking at a tv guide right now an old school tv guide of me that my mom was so proud of so <laughs> you know we did it the old the old-fashioned way and uh the hard way and kids now in the auditions you know the auditions are a lot easier now because you can go online and audition And you know we had to do the old-fashioned way show up and audition you know so it was the uh old-fashioned old-fashioned way so but uh, we did and, and, you know, we succeeded and it's time to pass the torch. That's all I can say, man. And I think um, if I go, you know, if I go back and there's a reunion, cool, but I got such a big brand. It's such an interesting brand that I have to move on with my own IP, a dream that I have to follow that's in my heart and my gut and something that I'm going to give to your age group. That you're gonna love. I mean, in this movie, you got you know Arrow. David David just got greenlit on this you know the Arrow universe. He got greenlit on his own show. Uh, You know he's pretty much the star of it. Diggs is still in the universe. I mean, uh, you know he's a committed actor, and everyone else in the movie are is committed. And uh, I think you're really gonna be shocked. I I really do. I'm building the hype for one reason because I really believe that we're gonna live up to the hype. And um, someone asked me the other day well what else what uh you know what what if you fail? and I said, man, I'm not afraid to fail. <laughs> you know, I've built something that's great, and if one person watches it, I'm happy, you know, and that's the way I've always been, even on during power Rangers, and you know I had fourteen episodes. I live day by day, and I ain't afraid to fail What? you know.
4: Is the movie? Do it? Will it go theatrical? Is it going to be? On yeah, Netflix? We're, we're planning
1: a theatrical release. We have Scott Kennedy. If you look up Scott Kennedy, he's a real big distributor. So we're looking at theatrical release and uh, and streaming. And if you look at uh, King, King Batch, King Batch has been in almost everything. So King, King Batch has been in everything, and then we mm-hmm. have, we have the star power to do it. And it's all based on what the movie's going to look like. <laughs> It's a bat and the sun production. It's going to look great, and we got a good, healthy budget for it. So that's a good thing. Awesome. It ain't a fan film. You know what I mean? It's not one of those fan films where it's going to be hokey. Full feature. You know, we've were, been we were trying to cut it down. We've been trying to cut it down to uh, – it's, uh, uh, it's, it's basically at this point now to be about a two-hour movie. So we're trying to cut it down a bit. I wish we didn't have to cut it down a bit. But um, I think it's going to be great, and, and I'm telling you, I'm not lying. When I when this is the difference, I think when you're Bruce Campbell told me one thing: when you dress up for your fans and you look the part, people want to be a part of someone that's going somewhere. They don't want to be a part of someone that's been there. Mm-hmm. They want to be a part of someone that's going somewhere. And no matter what I do in life even if it wasn't a movie I'm moving it forward by my poetry stuff I have that I got brave on my poetry I did the YouTube on my YouTube the JDS that's up like the movie called Hit My Head for mental health and I won like best award I don't know if you've ever seen that stuff
4: uh, I wasn't aware of that that's... I
1: won Okay, you can check it out if you haven't but uh what's up buddy I have a I won best award on that and then I have um a couple other poetry stuff and Michael Mattson's was what? Michael Matson was, uh, was a poet and all that stuff. And so it's uh, it's not easy, you know, trying to be transparent and, you know, go through your feelings, you know. So I did that and I think people can relate. I think people can relate to uh, to me as a person. And I think that's why the fan base is what it is, is because I'm a real person. I don't act indifferent. I go through feelings. The mental health I deal with is Zachary from uh, Shazam. I don't even, I don't even watch his movies. I just know that he's really big into mental health and that's being so ignored right now. And during COVID and quarantine that people are afraid to say, uh, yeah, I have bipolar. Uh, Yeah, I have ADD. Uh, yeah, I have this. I have that. Well, my fans actually relate to me a lot more now because they're like, Oh, dang, man. I, I saw that dark, dark, deep poetry. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so anyway, it's just one of those things where I just think that it's, It's uh, it's a good thing that fans can fans can relate more to me than just an actor. And like I said, Saban has always called everyone helmet heads. You can be replaced. You can be replaced. You can be replaced. But you got to know the the actor behind the helmet. And careful what people say on podcasts because it's going to be stuck there forever. We're all you know we're forty eight fifty years old. Everyone needs to stop being bitter and we all need to get on the same page. And put everything, all that childish stuff behind us. You know what I mean? And um where's the Power Ranger Reunion Convention? Where where is the panel? How come there's not a Power Ranger Convention reunion? That's not union, it's a it's a convention, right? Every ranger does conventions, right? So where is the Power Ranger reunion convention? And I'm just saying I'm up for it. That's all I gotta say. Where is it? So we gotta stop being like that. And give the fans what the fans want. If we're going to do a Power Ranger convention or a Power Ranger panel, a reunion panel, let's all get on the same page and let's forget feelings. I have. I've always forget feelings. And let's give the fans what they want. What's the excuse now? That's just my, that's my simple thing and my challenge. What's the excuse now? Can't do a reunion show? Then let's do a reunion on a Comic-Con. I'm all for that. Where's the other people? So sign me up. I've said that from day one, so it ain't me. Rumors and all this stuff, I'll be the first one to jump on that. I think it would be something great if we can't do a reunion of the TV show. Then why not do a reunion for a Comic-Con? My idea, which probably not their idea, my <laughs> idea is if you sold tickets to the Q&A, take a charity and put all that money that charity and I'm not challenging them because Ridge got money I'm challenging that to put all money aside and really step up and show me if you're there for your fans that's my challenge. everyone gets mad at me but why are you doing that because you got this no what I'm telling you is if you care so much for the fans let's pick a charity let's all get together let's blow it up huge charge a hundred dollars to get into the Q&A 100% of the profits or, you know, the promoter takes money and then all our profits go to charity. At least that. You can still sign, make your money, do whatever you want. But it would be a really big thing. But no one's doing it. Sign me up. I've been there from day one. That's why, like, now, after 30 years, I need to do my own brand because I'm always the one to say sign me up and nothing's ever happening. So that's why I'm building my own universe.
4: I know. I don't know. And if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. Like you, your your relationship with all the other actors on the show, like the, the ones you worked with in the first you know season. Yeah. there, I mean, it seems like you you all get along pretty well, or did, and you know, except yeah. I, I know Austin. It, it seems like I I've, I don't. As far as I know, I don't know that you all have ever been at the same show at the same time. No, uh, but <laughs> this is what I can
1: tell you that you mentioned. it. You go to Coliseum Comics, okay? Comics forum, comics Coliseum forums, whatever it is. And you'll watch that immature interview at Coliseum Comics, okay? Billy was the host. Very Uh few subscribers. I have no issues with them at all. Man, this interview is just just go watch it. Watch his, watch mine, and you'll get a better understanding of what we're dealing with. It's just never going to change. It's just... I did not audition for the Red Ranger. I did not take anyone's place. I did not get promoted as the White Ranger. These guys got paid $600, whatever the situation is. They wanted me to walk out on the show. You have to remember I was married and I had a child and I could not walk out and I did not want to walk out. I had an opportunity where I could do my acting for free. I would have paid them. So everyone blames me for not walking out and Dave and Amy, that's not the way it went down. And then when you when you say Frank and douche, as old as you are, I tell you I Why? could probably make a million dollars on Frank on and Douche hats. So don't push me there. I'm a very good brander. And I know a lot of people that would love to buy a Frank and Douche hat. So, careful. So, uh, you know, this interview went on. And I never watch interviews. So I, t- I saw Billy's face. And I said, Oh, my God, this poor Billy. He needs an interview where he can get lifted up because it was just a bad interview. Like, oh, then we got paid. And Jason this. And Jason that. And. He auditioned for the Red Ranger. Look, the show was already on. I auditioned with Twee the Yellow Ranger. And now if you watch my interview, the interesting part is I would never slam him at all. Nor did I correct him. Nor did I defend myself because that's not the type of person I am. Watch my interview. It's all about passion. It's not about money. It's all about being there for the fans. So all I can say is I'm not about money and other people are. And unfortunately we all can't get on the same page everybody thinks it's me you know I'm the one that's doing it but the fact is I get my ass jumped by everybody because I give a lot of free stuff out and people hate it when Adam West was there his manager would stand on a chair and yell no photos no cameras no pictures <laughs> I would get pissed and I stand on my chair and I said if you're in my line you can take photos and you can take pictures. <laughs> so there was this thing back and forth. And I'm like, guys, this is social media. Let them enjoy. Let them take pictures. Let them take videos. If you have nothing to hide, then why do that? So I was one of those guys at cons that people come up and say, hey, man, you just gave five autographs away. Yeah, and I'll get paid by them. I don't take no guarantees. What's the problem? Did you can't do that to us. You know, we're going, well, I can do whatever I want. You're making us look bad. Then don't do a show with me. It's simple. I do what I do because when you got a family of five coming up, I grew up poor. I grew up in a mobile home, a trailer, no electricity, no water. I showered in the outhouse. You know what I mean? You got a family of five coming up. They can't afford an autograph. You know what you do? You give them five autographs. Those autographs are like a quarter. You give them five so those kids don't need to split it. I refuse to put this, that, this, how many kids you got? Three? Just give me three pictures. Here you go. You have each one. Oh my God. Why are you doing that? Cause I don't like to share with my brother. <laughs> How are we going to share a picture? So it's it's my work ethics that makes the business bad because it starts showing who's there for money, who's not, and that's what you get with the hollow eyes. That's what I'm trying to explain: who's really there and who's not. If Amy did something, I would do it with her. You see, me and Amy only do shows together. Right. It's not my decision. She's her decision. So, that's all I'm saying. She will do shows with me. She, you know, so, it's a a really complex thing to get everybody on the darn same page. For everyone just shut up and listen and not just try to be business and make money, just make the fans happy. And that's what I, Jared was trying to work on a reunion thing and I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. I told them, throw money at him. I don't really care what you do with mine. Just at least do that. I don't know. Just watch the interview. Coliseums. Form Coliseums. It was recent. Watch his, watch mine, and then that will tell you. I got a lot of work to do.
4: <laughs> a
1: lot of stories were told. Amy's the only one that knows this, and so is Dave. It's just a lot I don't know what it is, if it's a insecurity thing or what it is, but I live my life with passion. I got karate schools that make me a lot of money. I got I got students. I never lock them in a contract. If you want to leave, goodbye. That's just the way it is. And um so that's that's all I can say really. I mean something's off the book, off the record, but it's just uh it's uh, I think a lot of people look at that whole it, JDF only tours by himself. Why? That's why. Because I got banned from a con because Walter and his agent were yelling at me backstage and I ended up you know, all over because I gave two free autographs. Please don't do this to me. And it got so verbal with those guys getting so mad that I gave free <laughs> autographs. The promoter said, it's just a bad experience with Rangers. i am never booking one again. All because I give free stuff out. All because people are bitching and complaining and screaming.
4: The, so, uh, you'll probably enjoy this, uh, or it, it might not surprise you. Um, yeah. So I've been, since last summer, like I said, I'm a fan and, and I'm a you know, journalist yeah. and I want to write. I don't know if you're if you're a sports guy, but you know, you know that um, those guys have all the fun, like the oral history of ESPN and some of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I want to. I would love to do something like that for Power Rangers. Like I just think there's, you know, it's a good time for something like that. It's a, a show with a ton of adult fans. It's just I think something yeah. you know that people would read. And I started. Reaching out, uh, you know, because the agent you mentioned, um, you know, he Zach, represents yeah. a lot of guys. And, and you know, yeah. and I reach out and basically said, if you're not paying, you're not getting an interview. And <laughs> it's just like, yeah. well, that's okay. I understand. I, I, it's just, no, I'm asking I for their time. That's <laughs> the
1: stupidest thing. Every contract in these contracts, I'll do one interview. I'll do this. I'll do that. When Zach first, he paid Walter $100 to find me. It was a finder's fee. Zach was only interested in representing me. I don't want an agent. Agents will ruin things. It's exactly what I would not say. I tell every con, everybody, give me all media, any media, don't care who it is. Because if it wasn't for the media, I wouldn't be able to blow stuff up. You guys have a job to do. It should be a compliment that someone wants to interview you. So what is that? And, and, and I tell you what. It's the pond off, and this really bugs me too. When people sit in the green room and they rush through people and they got nothing to do, but they tell you they're busy and they always blame their agent. Who works for who? (laughs) You get 90% and your agent works for you. So when you pawn it off, talk to my agent, that's like a big slap in your face. I can't handle that. So people are in my movie or at my com when I book Power Morphicon Express. You tell me, talk to my agent, you're out and that's why a lot of people Johnny Bosch all these people are out of the first film they didn't want to do it I don't want to kick start, I don't want to do it again I don't want to fail okay you're out and what, who else anyone else in King Bath. I'll be in I love you man I'm a hero cool all these people and it's just when, when you get to that point it's really low and dirty I was at this was at Rhode Island there was a girl who oh that's a wrote, good show
4: I've actually been to that show
1: the, the Rhode Island Conference yeah I, I can't talk about it. It was Lexington, but it was Rhode Island. I read on—I go through everything. I read on the page. Um oh, I mean, you—you know—you walked past me in the hallway, and you wanted ten dollars for my autograph. And I went, no, "Excuse me," I inbox her, and I talked to her on the page. I inbox said, "I—I I, I wasn't there last year, so who are you talking about? You were there. Huh. You were there with two other Rangers." And I said, Mwah. "I roll alone." You must have me confused for someone else. She goes, "Yeah, but you're the red ranger, say, the red seal, red turbo." <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. I said because you would never catch me asking ten dollars for a photo. As low as that sounds, look, either you're a Rolex, okay, or you're a free Rolex. Give a Rolex out. There's no half price. I give free photos out to everybody at comic shops. Everybody leaves with a photo. I train my team. If they come up now, I do. If they do autographs, give a free photo. That's so why they can't complain. If you ain't got money, you get a free photo. Get your phone out. And that's just what I've done my whole entire life. And that's why people get upset at me. And I could not believe I signed some Power Ranger prints the other day. White and green ones. So, well, I mean, these are cool. 3D. Where'd you get them? Karen's table. I said, who? Karen, who? Yellow Ranger. I said, sell my shit at a table. <laughs> they're selling my shit. They're selling my, side." Inbox Karen said, that's a really cool print. She's like, yeah, me and my husband own it. Uh, we'll let you know if, uh, if, if you can buy them off of us. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> You're selling these prints off your table when you should be selling your autographs. So it was a compliment to me that they can't sell their stuff. you got to sell my stuff. And even Austin would choking me over that volcano. His old story behind that. But he sells those. and love selling them. It's just <laughs> get classy. You know what I mean? Zach, just get classy. I don't roll with any agent. You know, Gary can say what he wants. I make my own decisions. I make my own calls. Jerry goes to me. So I told him any interviews. Any. I woke up at 830 in the morning back-to-back shows uh torn out there for the comic shops and they, they said I had an interview at 8.30. I drove freaking four hours. I got no sleep. I saw that kid that was dying. I woke up and I did the interview and they said, well, thank you. You know, is there any reason why? I said, yeah, there is a reason because you guys asked me and you guys are great people and I'm on the news. That's it, you know, and we talked about my new movie and I don't do it for any other reason. I just do it because it helps and if it helps me talk about what I talk about, and it also shows people what I'm all about, and I don't want nothing from no one, but I promise, me you, never, promise you, you never know who's going to be at the top one day.
4: Oh, yeah. And when yeah. you're
1: at the top, including myself or including anyone else, I'm the boss on my movie now. And not only am I doing a movie with Mark and Michael Mattson, they're working for me, which I don't think that, but I think, God, that's such an accomplishment. So who knows where you're going to be? I don't. Really matter where you're going to be, but when you're in a position, any position doesn't have to be a powerful position. You met me, you know me. Why, why else would I tell you anything else to make myself look better? No, I'm just telling you. I think the hardest thing for people to do is be transparent. So when they you they are like, Oh, yo, man, this, yeah, you are what you are on Instagram. I said, Oh, I'm transparent. If I'm, you know, I'm not going to talk about my daughter or die, but when I pushed the door, I had a guy that. I just did a show, and he goes, you canceled last November. He was all pissed off. I said, no, I don't don't think I did. Yeah, you did. And then I said, I said, come here real quick, bud. canceled because I just lost my daughter, man. And he just, like, put a shoe in his mouth. Like, I don't cancel for any other reason. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't cancel my shows. If I did, something's really wrong with me or my family. And, uh but, you know, I'm so sorry. I was like, but people just want, 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 want. And I love the fans that give, give, give. And those are my fans. That's why I do what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, what? So, I, kinda... I don't know what I did in my darn back. Dang. But yeah, the action in the movies is for sure, hands down, it's going to be in it.
4: When you're feeling something like that, I guess what do you... What's up, Mark?
1: <laughs> just a baby. Well, what was that man?
4: No, yeah. When you're filming something with action like that, is it? And you're a train. When you're a person that knows what they're doing and is a skilled martial artist, is it? How do you? Is there any difference between just practicing and being filmed while you're practicing and trying to do that stuff? how does Yeah, that-
1: it's a whole different genre. Movie making is not being a good fighter you have to widen your punches you got it you know there's some stunts i did like can you still do this i'm like guys come on i've been doing that since you guys been shooting the diapers roll the cameras please (laughs) And just roll the cameras and i do one stomp, bam nail it hit the mark and that's it so if you look at the show another thing that bothers me is there's a word called ki spelled k-i and that's in the script and in the beginning of the show ki 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 and if you watch between me and you. Even Austin's character, his key eyes change because the key eye is not... the key eye is the word, it's not, key eye, key eye, comes from the bottom of your stomach. Uh-huh. So when Tommy came on the show, I educated everyone, shut up with this key eye because that's just scream. It should not come from the lungs. It needs to come from the bottom of your stomach. So that was stuff that people weren't educated at that time on. And uh, it's one of those things where... You don't need to claim and pound your chest to be a black belt. You just are who you are. Chuck Norris don't go around and give me a lot of stories, and, you know, it doesn't impress me. So I work with a lot of people like that, and I'm just like, okay, cool, man, awesome. You know what I mean? And you work with a lot of work mainly on the new movie. She was in Suicide Squad. She's a stunt girl, and quickly backtracked when she worked with me. Well, I didn't mean this. I didn't mean that. Well, I thought you said that. (laughs) Oh, you can't do that? okay well movie making is different so when you see her interviews she say oh man me and him really went at it and I'm thinking Dude, you, you did you hurt yourself
4: pretty bad
1: <laughs> you know movie making is a, it's, it's, it's a lot different things so, but uh, but, it's, but it's cool you gotta hit your mark deliver you know pass the cues and you know all, all that stuff so I have a good time people always say oh man I can't believe I'm, make, I'm meeting a celebrity and I say this you know not meeting a celebrity you're meeting a guy who likes to make movies, and that's me. You know what I mean? And that really is. And, dude, after between me and you after quarantine, my daughter died. Pfft, come on, man. There's nothing left in life than, than mm-hmm. just what you got. It's changed, changed my whole outlook on life. You know, stuff happens so fast. It's like you just – life is so short. What are you going to leave behind? Are you going to leave a legacy behind when you die? You remember the agent saying – Oh, you got to pay for an interview? Is that what you want to leave behind? That's not what I want to leave behind. I want to leave behind, hey, I got a chance to talk to this dude. Not one time did he rush me off the phone. One time did he do this? Not one time. That's the legacy I want to leave behind. And it's hard because you know I got a family and you know I try to. Oh, my back is killing me. I try to balance my family. I got cameos. I'm doing stuff. So, you know, balancing is my hardest part. Doing this I can do all day long, but. I'm trained to talk a lot, and I talk too much in my relationships. <laughs> so at home, I try to listen more. You know, because that's what actors do. We're used to training, doing Q and As, and answering questions. But when you apply it in life, it doesn't work good because people are just like, shut up! You talk too much. But I'm just used to that. You know, it's, I guess a nervous habit where you feel like you have to entertain and people all the time, and you know. So, but um. But other than that, man, I, I think it's uh anything you ever have, you have a number you can text. I don't know if you're going to be up there at the Comic-Con, but if you are, text me. I'll hook you up with whatever you have. If you want to do a live uh, thing with your video, just whatever you do, I'll always take time with people. And look for the hollow eyes. You'll always remember that now.
4: Yeah, no, no, I like that. That was a really good. I, I'm definitely going to use that in this piece. Yeah, I like for it. sure.
1: And you'll see, dude, you'll see. You'll be like, oh, my God guy has hollow eyes and people are like, What are you talking about, man? It's it's you'll see it. And and I've 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 experienced it and I only know it through quarantine because I had to pay attention to so many people's eyes before. So
4: Yeah, no, that's great. Well yeah. No, I've I've taken an hour of your life, so I wanna give you a no, back it's to all your good, buddy. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go take care of my my wife had like surgery on her back, so I'm supposed to help her out. And then I pulled my bags so both around the house like yeah, who's gonna pick of the baby? You think of the baby, but I gotta go and pick up the baby and help out a little bit. But I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your talking. and uh you know, I appreciate your helping Jared promote. I mean Jared's a good dude. Oh, uh, he's always been awesome. Nice he definitely to me. has yeah. a great show and a great family and uh he's a stand up dude that will never do me wrong and that's that's hard to find. People that are stand up people that honor their word and Jared has always honored his word. And I have to and he's understand times. I don't think there's times I couldn't go maybe just overbooked or something, but mm-hmm. he understands. And he's always been like we're like family. That's how me and Jared are. You know what I mean? And, and and we really are. His kids are like you know, he's he introduced me to this world and you don't forget you don't forget things like that. You always give credit to the guy who has introduced you to a unique world that's turned into a huge hobby that becomes <laughs> becomes overbearing sometimes, but uh, <laughs> but it's good. I, I like it and it keeps me sane. So I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of my poetry, but
4: yeah, no, I'll definitely watch. Go check
1: watch it. Yeah, watch it and watch those two interviews from uh, co- uh, Comics to Coliseum, and you'll see. You'll be like, oh god, I never auditioned for the Red. I was the Red. I was a new guy. And then you'll watch my answers, and I didn't do that for any other reason except uh, I can't say that to fans.
0: We didn't get paid
1: money. I live in a beautiful house. I'm my own businessman. I make my own money. I got karate schools not based off karate, Uh off Power Rangers. I will not allow that to come into my school, House of discipline. Martial arts, talking about karate or talking about Power Rangers doesn't belong there. I'm very strict about that. You want to train? I've trained top fighters. I've trained with Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, who's in the UFC. I've trained. I got legitimate roots, and I just don't mix that in my school. People are excited, sure, but I don't like to mix it. When you're sparring, talking about Power Rangers, you're probably getting knocked out because you're talking
3: too busy <laughs>
1: talking about Power Rangers. <laughs> you know, so... But... I'd love to meet you, man. I don't know if you're going to be down. Are you going to be down there?
4: Yeah, yeah. I plan on being okay. there every day. So I'll, I'll be, you, I'll pop you You might
1: shoot me a text. Maybe just shoot me your full name. I'll put you in my phone. So when, uh, you know, when, when you're, uh, when it pops up, you know, I'll just, uh, hit you up and, you know, I'll, I'll always, give you this, always give you the, always give you the down, down low on what we got going on with the Rangers. But. I'll let you know if something happens, but text me or your whole name and then I'll program you in my phone. And when you come up there, just give me a text and then you can hang out, take a look for yourself, get a couple things and do whatever you need to do, man, if you're doing coverage on it or whatever you need.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. I appreciate your time for motivation and investment. And listen, man,
1: and I will speak on behalf of the other ones. I don't mean to slam all the other guys. I'm sure they're there, you know, to meet their fans, but I will say I was the first one. To pay my own way, I I dug a ditch for these guys. I plowed through, what I plowed through to give them a home, and not one of them ever thanks me. And I don't need the thanks. But Steve, uh, Jason, Steve Carney and Jason Font thank me all the time. And when I heard Rob Pryor thank me for paving a way for these comic shops, that meant more than anything because like I built, I paved the way for people to say, hey, there's a Power Ranger fan base. You know what I mean? And when they say, oh, we're going to get JDF, well, let's just get this Ranger. It doesn't work out. There's a difference, man. It's not just Power Rangers. You're talking to the person, not the Ranger. There's a big difference. And I think that's how I love people so much, and they love me back. That's why I know I'm just going to produce something. Out of passion and it doesn't matter what happens. But I do know that no matter what happened, you know, and believe in the universe and believe in what you want to believe. This is on an appointment, annoying appointment for whatever reasons. To I didn't know your fan, whatever reason, just to let you know that everyone loves you, all the rangers love you, no one's better and bigger than anyone. It's just the decisions they make. And every ranger had the same opportunity I have. They just never took it. So if you have an opportunity in your career to go somewhere or you're stagnant or you feel like you need to move to somewhere else, the opportunity is there. You just have to reach your hand up and grab the opportunity. But don't step over someone to grab the opportunity. And that's what people do. It's a cutthroat business, even in Comic-Con. Cutthroat business. You'd be so surprised. I'm just like, I don't work with those people. It's just, it's shocking. Jared has never cutthroat. You don't need a cutthroat in business to be a successful businessman. You just don't need to. So if there's anything I can ever teach you, learn that one lesson. And one thing I always say, say I can. That's why people, you can't do a movie. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. (laughs) You shouldn't do this. You you can't do that. Oh, please don't tell me that. Because I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it big, and it's going to give me the motivation to fire because you don't think I can do it. And I don't prove it wrong to you, I prove myself right to myself and to my heart to try to train my family that way. Although my daughter is a teenager and she don't listen. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe you will. So but uh anyway, please text me, man, and uh and I'll g i got some cool exclusive stuff I you know, I can give you and all that stuff. But I appreciate your time, buddy. I'll awesome. get back and, and try to pick up my grandson. I'm, I'm milking this so she can do the work right now.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll love. He'll
1: love it. Uh, All right, man. It was good talking to you, okay?
4: Yes, sir, Jason. Thank you so much, man. All right, buddy.
1: We'll talk to you soon.
4: Take it easy. Bye.